Hello and welcome back to the Depths of Music podcast. My name is Nick and welcome to the first full album review of 2024. Starting this year off with a bang, you read the title so you know that we're talking about Green Day's newest LP, Saviors. While Green Day's legendary albums such as American Idiot and Dookie have left a huge impact on pop punk and rock at large, making them one of the biggest bands, if not probably the biggest band to come out of that scene, the band has kind of struggled to find major success in the 2010s and the 2020s so far. Now with this new record Saviors out and a massive US tour with the Smashing Pumpkins where they're going to be playing all of Dookie and American Idiot in full on top of promoting this record, Green Day is really gearing up for a huge 2024. But a lot of that is riding on the success or I guess on the back of this album. So... The question to answer is, is Green Day still capable of putting out a great record in 2024? Can they overcome some of their past weaker moments in the last few years and kind of give us another really solid record? Well, let's just dive in and find out. Starting off with our first track and first single, The American Dream is Killing Me, and immediately this is a really promising return to form for Green Day. The America uh, in the name and the kind of softer Jesus of Suburbia style bridge with this big catchy chorus immediately show that for this record, American Idiot is going to be the blueprint. I mentioned this because I think this is a really important expectation to kind of start all Green Day records with, especially all post-2004 Green Day records, so for the past 20 years, um, because while American Idiot is a huge record in that band's discography, there are a lot of people that are fans of Green Day for records like Dookie and Nimrod and Somniac and this earlier stuff that they were doing beforehand uh, and aren't as big of fans of the type of polish and kind of stadium rock direction that Green Day kind of turned in for American Idiot and then kind of leaned further into for records like 21st Century Breakdown or Revolution Radio. So I want to bring up the American Idiot influence here um, as a way to say, well, I think this song is a great return to form. The Green Day that gave you records like Insomniac and Dookie is not coming back. There's a level of scrappiness and there is a level of rawness uh, that they got from being such a young band with such a heavy punk background that you kind of can't recapture, or at least I don't think they can recapture. So I want to get that off my chest right off the bat and say that if you are expecting Green Day to release another more punk focused album this is not the record for you if you are a fan of records like American Idiot that still do have some edge but are kind of more aimed at a mainstream audience then this record will probably be more up your alley but I feel like a lot of times when people get burned by new releases by any bands, and especially by a band like Green Day, I think it's a matter of managing expectations. Um, 
And for me, as somebody who likes American Idiot, that's my favorite Green Day record, and likes some of the stuff they put out afterwards, while Revolution Radio wasn't their most successful project, I do really like it, and I do like 21st Century Breakdown. This isn't a bad thing to me. So this, for me, isn't a complaint. However, for some people, this will kind of kill the record for them, and I wanted to get that out of the way so I don't have to... I guess address it constantly even though I probably still will and don't want to give anybody the wrong impression about what kind of album we're going into. The American Dream is Killing Me being the first single and also the first track is very good at giving you a sense of what the rest of the record's going to be like and it's going to be kind of this big catchy pop rock record um, that's got a lot of, I guess, punk influence that Green Day has kind of held on through their years. Um, but with maybe one or two exceptions, they never really go back to it, like, I guess, a meaningful way. All that out of the way, let's get back to the song. Um, the guitar riff in this song, to me, is fine. It's not one of my favorites on the record. It's a little bit bland, um... And while there's not a lot that I can point to in this song and say, that's bad, I don't like this, um, it's it's pretty much kind of what you would expect, as I've talked about before. It's kind of what you would expect from Green Day post-American Idiots, um, but what I will say is it's a very good version of that. This song is very catchy. Um, and for any of the aspects I think are subpar, I think they're still doing it at a level that blows the trilogy Uno Dos Tres from 2012, and of course, the absolute disaster that is 2020's father of all out of the frickin' water. Um, the other thing I really appreciate about The American Dream is Killing Me is the kind of switch towards more, um political or I guess just in general like social based lyrics this is kind of going to kind of be like on and off throughout the entire record but I think they do a good job at setting it up here um there's a few particularly good lyrics I like uh bulldoze your family home now it's a condo and my country under siege on private property um, they, they kind of don't really get into like a whole lot of specifics on this song, um, but they're kind of nudges towards, I guess, the way that hyper-industrialization um, has continued in the United States and just like how every piece of what was once, you know, wildlife or forest or whatever is turning into another suburb. Um kind of cramming everybody into these really tight, overpriced apartments. Um, just to start off, I think it's a really solid um, commentary. And the, the whole message of this song in particular about how the American dream isn't really what it's cracked up to be. Obviously, this is not like a new topic for any band to be covering. This is, you know, something that we've seen countless times throughout history um of music have just different groups of people and different genres have you know shown their kind of disillusionment uh for the whole concept um but considering green day has these roots as a punk band which is an inherently political genre it's definitely nice to see them going back to it because i feel like when a lot of 
punk bands go more pop, they start to lose that. Or a lot of pop punk bands just don't have that political edge in general. So I'm glad to see that Green Day is still kind of keeping that in mind as they go ahead, considering, you know, a record like um, Father of All really didn't touch on it much. Um, and then, you know, even pre-pandemic 2020, when that record came out, there was still a lot to talk about that kind of left me disappointed. So I'm really glad that they're addressing it here. And just in general, I think this song is catchy. It's... a pretty solid rock track just across the board um and upon hearing it for the first time definitely gave me a real sense of hope that like this green day album was not gonna suck um and that we were actually in for a treat but of course it's gonna be you know we got another 14 tracks to see if that statement really holds up look not ma no brains is the second single and also the second track um what i love about this track is mike dern's bass being the driving force of this song is awesome because as a bass player and as somebody who has been really like getting deep into the green day back catalog uh not only for this review but for um, some other projects that I'll talk about at the end of this episode. Um, Mike Dern's bass and just the rhythm section of Trey and Mike have been basically the backbone of Green Day since day one. And considering there are songs like this and a few others that we're going to get to later where Mike really gets to show off how just great of a bass player he is. Um, how well he can serve a song, yes, but also how well he can just craft these incredibly infectious bass lines is really great to hear again, because I feel like, once again, we've kind of been missing that. Um, I think the background vocals that Armstrong gives, I believe it's him doing the background vocals too, but I could be wrong. They're a charming touch. My only problem is they're a little too quiet, and I think that's like really my only nitpick with this song i think this chorus is a literal bit more memorable than the last one and while you know i think lyrically it's about on the same level it maybe isn't as pointed in my opinion as the last song um i do really like it and also it's just got a bit more speed and aggression um just goes a little bit harder than the last song did um but once again, we're kind of operating in the same kind of general pop-punky rock space, especially for the first leg of this record. On the next song, Bobby Socks, I really love the way Armstrong pushes his voice to a more extreme limit here. While I would affectionately say that Billy Joe Armstrong's voice always sounds like he's talking out of a megaphone, um, and I think it's one of my favorite things about his voice, he kind of has his kind of range that he pretty much always sits in um and for the most part that never really gets in the way there are never times i wish that he would like sing in a different way than he does because he has such a unique and identifiable voice that i, I never really find myself being like oh i wish he was doing this this or this um but i feel like in this song he actually kind of like pushes his voice a little harder it sounds a little harsher here um, which I definitely like, you know, he's not doing like a death metal scream or anything like that, but it's still, you know, a nice change of pace. Um, the ooh-ahs in the background are a little millennial core, and it is a bit of a cheesier song on this record, but for me, that's still relatively endearing. 
Um, this is a love song, which kind of comes out of the blue compared to what we've been talking about in the past. And lyrically, this record is a little bit all over the place. Um, you know, the lyrics are fine, but there's not really anything to dig into. It's pleasant enough to listen to and sing along to when you hear it. Um, but there's not really anything that makes me like go back and like really appreciate this on a deeper level because there's not really a whole lot to that. Um, and in a lot of ways, that's kind of how a lot of the love songs are on this record, with a few exceptions here and there. But overall, I also think this is another fairly solid track. You know, sonically, we're kind of on the same uh, mood, or I guess same tone that we've been on so far, and just plugging away with another really catchy um, and just generally fun alt-rock song. So this is the final single that was released. I didn't mention it, but Bobby Socks wasn't a single. Uh, the first two songs were. This was the third single. It's the fourth track on the record. Um, and I think this is probably my favorite sonically. I think this is the best guitar riff we've heard on the record so far. It's just peak, like, simple but effective. And that's kind of always been my philosophy on guitar riffs. And I think that One-Eyed Bastard is a great example of that. Um, the instrumental breakdown is also really great. It's very simple. It's very effective. But considering that Green Day has pretty much been one of the only bands i could argue you know that's been around in rock as long as they have with such a consistent lineup even though this breakdown isn't the world's most complicated thing it does demonstrate very well in my opinion how in sync this band is how tight this band is and how well they move together as just a musical unit from section to section to section these guys clearly have been playing together uh, at such a high level for so long. As I was talking about just a few minutes ago, you got a really dominant bass line on this song. Uh, and I think Billy Joe's background vocals are also some of their best here. Um, and some of the most effective they are on the entire record. For the next song, Dilemma, Green Day goes a little bit heavier here, but for the most part, it is still kind of close to the mid-tempo rockers we have heard so far. Uh, this song, kind of being about substances, drugs, or alcohol, you take your pick of what it is about, it could kind of be about either, um, isn't anything new for this band. Obviously, this is something that they've kind of been writing about for years and years and years. Um, and while I'm not sure about, you know, their personal lives and how much they still do struggle with it, um, you know, talking about substance use has kind of been a pretty consistent motif of the Green Day discography. So while I think the lyrics here are fairly solid in a sea of songs where they have talked about this in the past, I don't think it's really anything that interesting. And while I think this song is also very good as another mid-tempo rocker, we are now, you know, a third of this record in, and most of these songs are starting to sound pretty similar. So this was kind of the point of the album when I really started to feel like we needed a little bit of a change-up. And while there have been some minute ones here or there, it's mostly just been how well these songs are constructed, how catchy they are, and just how generally pleasant they are to listen to. That has kept me going through this entire record, um, but about a third of the way in, I definitely was craving something else. And luckily, the next song, 1981, also gives us this 
I talked about right at the top of the album review when I talked about The American Dream is Killing Me about how Green Day, you know, has really kind of been operating in a very similar way since 2004, um, since American Idiot came out. You know, they found that sound and they've kind of been pretty much churning with that through the rest of their career. 1981, as the title may imply, is pretty much, I would say, the only moment on this record that they really go back even further to something that feels much more like a Dookie-era track. It's very political, it's instantly catchy, um, and while, of course, there is that still mainstream polish, I think this is one of the closest they get to the speed and just the rawness that made a record like Dookie so great. Just like a more traditional punk song, it's kind of in and out in just over two minutes, um, but for the time it's there, it absolutely rips. I love the lyrics on this song. I love pretty much everything about it. It's just generally very well constructed, very well played, um, and just kind of a nice change of pace, as I was you know, hoping for, came exactly when it needed to come in the track listing, and yeah, just generally a very good song. If 1981, however, is kind of going closer to that early Green Day, Goodnight Adeline, the next song, is a reminder that big dramatic ballad Green Day is still alive and well. You know, obviously that's kind of something they've become known for ever since a song like Good Riddance, Time of Your Life, and then you get like Wake Me Up When September Ends, Boulevard of Broken Dreams, 21 Guns, and you know, these big ballads have become some of the more well-known staples of the Green Day discography. Um, Goodnight Adeline is one of the first of a few ballads that we get on this record. If you like those, that's entirely up to you. For me, some of them are great. A lot of the ones I just mentioned are really great, um, but there's also a lot of really forgettable ones. And for me, besides for a pretty strong chorus really carried by, once again, some great background vocals, I think this is one of the weakest tracks on the record so far. Um, and it's a track that really kind of falls a little lower for me in my overall track ranking, especially when I compare it to some of the other similar enough sounding songs that are going to come later on in the list. Armstrong, however, does, I think, give one of his best guitar solos here. He has a few on this record, and while not a lot of them are really something that I'm, like, super interested in or, I guess, like, really blew me away... Um, this is one of the ones that really did stand out to me, and I think, you know, his guitar solos during these ballads have actually traditionally been some of the times he shined the most. He's he's had some great faster solos, especially on records like Kerplunk, um, but I think in a kind of post-Dookie world, some of his best guitar solos have come on these ballads. Um, but despite being a nice tone change for the record which i appreciated this is pretty much of as much of a standard green day ballad as you can get um the only issue for for me is it's a little too loud and a little too punchy in the way of like you know when 21 guns or um boulevard of broken dreams build and then start going harder um it feels like they really earned that i think the thing about ballads that are going to get big at the end, you know, you really have to earn that and generally build up to it. Um, so it doesn't feel as jarring. This one just starts really big and then stays really big. 
So, like, the moments where the full band is in and it's, you know, the drums are going super hard and, like, you have the bass and the guitar distorted and they're, like, slamming these power chords. Definitely feels a little weird, especially as early as it comes in the song because it just doesn't feel quite earned yet. And speaking of kind of weaker tracks, Coma City is another one that I just find generally kind of boring. It falls short compared to the rest of the track list i think you know the chorus is super catchy um but you know this whole record is this is one of those records that kind of has continually surprised me because every time i've come back to it i've found myself instinctually singing along to a lot of songs i didn't realize i knew the lyrics to uh and while coma city is amongst them i still think it's it's one of the tracks that i kind of you know, if I wasn't obviously listening to this all the way through, for the sakes of review, I would be skipping, and it's not a song I really find myself desiring to go back to on its own. Uh, next up, however, is Corvette's Summer, one of the tracks I actually really like on this record. Um, it's got a kind of classic rock flair, and Green Day kind of tried a little bit of this on Father of All, but... Obviously, pretty much everything on Father of All for all 20 minutes or like 26 minutes that album is. It's an absolute disaster. Um, however, I think they kind of take that classic rock influence and really make it work on Corvette Summer. Um, the song has a fantastic groove to it. And while lyrically we're just on a kind of like rock and roll, man. Rock is so cool, guys. Kind of track here i think that's fun uh it's yes it's really cheesy but i i think it's a great time it's another song like most of this record i would argue that's clearly written with stadiums in mind big singable chorus um really good tempo and just generally like pump up empowering lyrics um and while maybe there's not as much substance to a song like corvette summer um, I think it's one of the more fun moments on the record. The whole record is fun, but I think specifically these really stand out to me. Susie Chapstick is the second ballad of the record, and here I think they commit to the more standard ballad structure of like actually giving us some time where it's just soft. A bit more than they did before, but still for me this one is kind of boring and it drags. Um... Looking at the lyrics, it generally didn't strike me that much as anything particularly interesting. Um, and while it's certainly not bad, it's just kind of another fairly standard ballad, which these two so far have so far kind of been just the weakest moments on the record so far. I would argue that this is better than Goodnight Adeline, However, it's not a super huge improvement, and as I was talking about with that song, you know, considering how much of a formula Green Day has kind of gotten into with their ballads over the years, it's just one that doesn't really stand out much. Strange Days Are Here to Stay is another mid-tempo rocker, but in my opinion is one of the best lyrical moments of the record. While this song could kind of be ripped out of 21st century breakdown with all the drama i i think it's great uh billy's rhythm guitar work here and kind of some of the embellishments he's doing i think are some of the best that he's done in the entire record um but yeah i think 
you know, the pre-chorus and the chorus especially, um, Twisted and Borrowed Times, These Are the Loneliest of Times, Strange Days Are Here to Say, Ever Since Bowie Died, It Hasn't Been the Same, uh, All the Mad Men Going Mental, Grandma's on the Fentanyl Now, Strange Days Are Here to Stay, you know, just talking about how as a society things have just deteriorated um everyone's a racist and the uber's running late i just lost my sense of humor gen z killing baby boomer now strange days are here to stay um in general i really do like this song it's kind of the first moment since the beginning of the record that green day has allowed themselves to be more political and you know luckily we kind of get a few songs here towards the end where we kind of lean into that a little bit harder, which is definitely something I've kind of been missing uh, throughout this record so far, and I'm glad it kind of comes back in a more meaningful way at the end of the record here. Uh, Living in the 20s is the same thing. Obviously, they're you know alluding to the 1920s when really talking about the 2020s, um and yeah green day keeps it political here which i've really been appreciating um and while in a sonic sense this song is kind of still of the one note variety that we've kind of been talking about for a majority of this record it's still catchy it's still enjoyable um and i guess kind of the repetitiveness of this record is kind of made up for by just, in my opinion, how well a lot of this stuff uh, is written and how fun it just is to listen to. Um, but yeah, lyrically, you know, you start off this song. Another shooting in a supermarket. I spent money on a bloody soft target. Um, or when he says, I've got a robot and I'm fucking it's senseless. It comes with batteries and it only speaks in English. Uh, that's a really evocative image. And just in general, talking about ain't that a kick in your head. Um, just kind of how the last few years have just kind of been an absolute mess in terms of just the way the world's been going, obviously. Um, once again, this is not, like, really deep political commentary, but I think in general it's accessible, relatable, and just generally pretty good. So, yeah, just a generally another well-constructed song. Father to Son is up next, and this is the moment where Green Day actually, in my opinion, pulls off the ballot on this record. This is the one that really works to me, and this is one of the most standout tracks of the record. It is a song, you know, obviously the title kind of implies it all, from father to son of Billy Joe Armstrong talking about his own kids, um, and considering one of the most well-known Green Day ballads, Wake Me Up When September Ends, is a song about the loss of Billy Joe Armstrong's own father. The context of that kind of makes his um, love for his own children uh, really come through and kind of hit hard for somebody like me who's been very much invested in this band. Um, it's emotional and vulnerable in a way that most of this record isn't, even in the songs about things like drugs or the love songs. 
this record never reaches that kind of level of openness like it does on this song. Um, there's a nice little string section in here. I know that's another thing that a lot of people will accuse of being a kind of corny feature of rock ballads. I love it. Uh, because I feel like if you're going to do big dramatic ballads, you got to go big or go home. And I think they really do go big uh, for this one. It's not just that this is a change of pace, however, instrumentally, and I think this is the first time they instrumentally pulled off. Like I said, lyrically, this has some great lines. Um, I Never Knew Love Could Be Scarier Than Anger is one of my favorites on the entire record. Um, but just in general, I think this is kind of the moment where Green Day gets another all-time ballad in here. I'm not saying this is, you know, my favorite of any of the ballads they've ever written but this is definitely one of the standouts of this album and of just you know their career in the past 20 years um i, th I think this one is you know been getting a lot of love online um from what i've seen about the discourse of this record people have been really enjoying and talking about this song a lot and i think it's very well deserved um, I feel like this is going to stand the test of time as a fan favorite Green Day song, and it absolutely deserves it. Next up is Savior's, the title track of the record, and, and most of what I said about living in the 20s applies here. However, I don't think it's quite as catchy or as memorable as that song. It's well written enough to be pleasant, uh, but at this point of the record, it's just kind of generally been... outdone but then we move into the final track of the record we're ending with another ballad fancy sauce um and while it's not as good as father to son i still think it's fairly solid um i like that this one has also stayed political while i don't you know haven't called out specific lyrical examples um with the exception of father to son basically from strange days are here to four of the five last songs on this record have been much more politically focused which i definitely appreciate um but yeah it's not the strongest note to end the record on but once again it's not terrible um but generally kind of forgettable I wish that a song like Father to Son did end this record because I think this is like the emotional high point of the record. Um, and Savior and Fancy Sauce, I just kind of found myself coming up short with things to actually say about it. So in conclusion, while I did want to talk about Saviors, especially um, after going through the entire Green Day discography and figuring out where it sits in that discography, it's a record that I kind of struggled to put into words, really what worked about it. Through this review, I know I've been saying a lot of things like, oh, it's catchy, it's fun, it's this, that, and the third. And while that doesn't really obviously mean a whole lot in terms of, I guess, just the depth, pun intended, of my criticisms, um... In general, that's really what mostly can be said about this record. This is a fun, alt-rock, pop-punk record, um, and despite the moments that I complain about this record 
being a little bit one note in terms of um, music, especially um, a little bit in the lyrics, but mostly in music. Um, and while the political commentary never really gets that deep, um, in general, this record is just such a huge step up from the sluggish monotony of the back half of the Green Day discography. And when it comes to just consistently enjoyable, fun, exciting rock songs, this is, in my opinion, the band's best collection since 2009's 21st Century Breakdown. If I had to put this in the Green Day discography ranking, I would say it goes right before that record. So it's about, you know, it's better than, I would say, a fair half of their discography, um, which is definitely something that's worth noting, you know, because when bands have been around for so long, it's easy to assume that their uh, quality is going to be consistently going downhill or is going to just kind of stay bottomed out. But what Green Day proves on Saviors is that you cannot count them out. Um, and they're still very capable of producing a very enjoyable collection of songs. And while this doesn't have the conceptual or lofty highs of American Idiots um, in terms of just them establishing a new sound the way they did on that record for themselves and also just you know the fact that that's a whole concept album that eventually got turned into a broadway musical and all the likes or a record like dookie that came to define a generation um and really was a pioneer in the pop punk sound saviors is really good for what it is and i think as a 2024 green day record from a band that's over 30 years in i think this is exactly what i wanted from them um, if you're a fan of Green Day, you'll love this record. There's, you know, another 15 really good songs to dive into. Because even at this record's most forgettable, it was never a record I got sick of listening to. It was never a record I didn't enjoy listening to. You know, every time I listened to it for this review, I found myself finding more moments that I was singing along to, whether I knew it or not. Um, and just in general, I think the sheer quality of the songwriting and the structure here is good enough to keep this record um, as a very strong moment in an already pretty stacked discography, especially towards the top end. So if you like Green Day and you like old rock and you like pop punk, this is definitely a record that is worth going through and checking out it makes me really happy because you know like in 2019 2020 2018 when i started really paying attention to music you know when it comes to like early 2000s pop punk bands which i undeniably have an affinity for you know green day with father of all that was their worst record panic at the disco um pray for the wicked that was their worst record paramore hadn't dropped an album in a while mcr was broken up fallout boy put out mania which was their worst record um and you know over the course of this new decade we finally got the upswing except for panic who dropped a worse record and then broke up but you know we got a great new paramore record fallout boy came out with one of their best records in years green days come out with one of their best records in years and mcr is back together so while i dog on people like mgk a lot um it is we are in a very good place for alt rock um 
especially of the 2000s. And while I'm really excited to see what kind of new bands come out, it is definitely good to see that some of the legacy acts are still capable of putting out some awesome music. So in general, that is it for Saviors. What did you think of the record? Uh, let me know anywhere on social media in the comments or reviews of this podcast, wherever you may find this. Um, if you're listening to this on the Post website, I think my email's there too if you want to shoot me a message or wherever you want to give feedback of the show. If you want more, follow us at Depths of Music Cast on Instagram. Uh, and you can listen to the entire Depths of Music backlog wherever you're hearing this. I was just talking about some really good um, new pop punk records from some bands that have been around for a while. Um, I did some reviews of those last year, like This Is Why by Paramore, one of, if not my favorite record of the year. Um, and of course, um, Fall Out Boy's new record that I also really liked. But if you're in the mood to go back to some classics from you know, 2004, I talked about Green Day's American Idiots back in 2022, and I also talked about My Chemical Romance's 2004 classic, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. Um, also want to give a big shout out to the Post Athens. Uh, under their podcast tab, you can find this podcast and maybe where you're actually listening to this right now, uh, as well as my other podcast, Keep Me Posted. Uh, make sure to follow the Post Athens on all the social media platforms and check out their website for more just great general journalism content in whatever field you may be interested in. Uh, what I'm definitely going to point you to, though, is uh, a new column under the opinion section that I started called Too Long Didn't Listen, where I do rapid-fire rankings of an entire artist's discography to kind of tell you what's worth the listen or not. And to coincide with this episode, I covered Green Day's entire discography. When I talked about listening through their entire studio backlog, that's what I was doing it for. Um, so if you want to see how the entire Green Day discography ranks up until this point definitely be sure to go check that out considering you know i started last year covering what's her name at karaoke at my friend's new year's party and buying tickets to go see green day live i've been thinking about them a lot uh, and if you've been thinking about them this month as much as i have uh, it's definitely a really good read and uh, in general, my concept for too long didn't listen in a lot of ways is to kind of coincide with what I'm doing here on Depths um, to kind of make my research process something I can also turn into a piece of content. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the plan going forward as kind of the sister written piece to Depths of Music. Um, in general, obviously, we've been kind of inconsistent uh, throughout the end of last year to the beginning of this year. So if you haven't checked out my year-end review, if you really like listening to me yap for like two hours about over 70 albums I listened to last year, um, definitely go listen to that. I think there's some great recommendations in there and some just absolute dog shit in there, as per always. Um, and then, of course, if you want to look forward to the year to come, I put out an episode about my most anticipated albums of 2024 that you should definitely also give a listen to. Next up, uh, of course, it's February, which means it's a busy time for Depths of Music. Uh, if you've been following the show for the past two years, we got a Grammy wrap-up coming up. I'm recording this on the day of the Grammys, and it'll probably come out, you know, either the day of the Grammys or the day after. 
uh, once I get done editing this. And of course, I'm going to talk about Usher's Super Bowl halftime performance next week. So just in general, it's going to be a pretty busy month for Depths of Music. And of course, I'll be talking about whatever new albums also pique my interest. So stay tuned. We got a lot of cool stuff going on. Um, but I'll stop plugging because I've been doing that for like five minutes at this point. Um, thank you for listening. I've been Nick. And thank you for diving with me into the depths of music. I'll see you next time.